Hello and welcome to the second show of Little Birdie Friday Lines. I'm your host, Luke O'Brien, and joining me today for AFL is MG, as always, and Top Rope uh, for NRL to preview round one for season 2022. Friday Lines is brought to you by Little Birdie TV and topsport.com.au. Uh, MG, welcome. Thanks, OB. Welcome to the uh, the hosting chair. You finally... Uh... Kick Scooty out full time. He'll be he'll be disappointed on the bench, Scooty, won't he? Yeah, finally got rid of him. It's t- taken me a little bit of time, but that's all right. We've got rid of him, so just uh, bear with us as I host today. I haven't sweat this much in a long time, so just bear with me. But uh, and then we've also got uh, Top Rope on the line. Top Rope, welcome. Uh, thanks, but uh, let's not limit me to, to to just the NRL. I'm also here to keep the AFL well and truly honest as well. So I'll keep you boys in check uh, when talking about that other game. Beautiful and. Uh, Round one, NRL, hope springs eternal for everyone but Manly, so it's great. <laughs> yeah, I think not, not much brings rugby league together, but uh, seeing Manly get flogged on opening night, everyone can get on board that. And we will get to it, but uh, Penrith looked pretty good up there. Uh, Penrith looked real sharp. Uh, yeah, the final score, to be honest, probably flooded Manly. And then they got a lucky try before, before the break. But uh, yeah, Penrith looking really, really good uh, and, and, and kind of really stamped their mark with Nathan Cleary. That's right. Yeah, got a fair player that he might have to come back through the. Uh, was it the jersey flag still up there? <laughs> if he if he uh, if he Benjamin buttons it and goes back five or six years in age, but uh, New South Wales Cup, I think is what you're looking at. Right, that's it. That's it. So my apologies. I'm I'm, I'm more of a VFL man myself. <laughs> so we we we'll, we'll get yeah, straight well, into it. AFL round one starts next Wednesday, sixteenth of March. Uh, grand final uh, rematch. Uh, it's a bit different. Normally it's a Thursday night. Uh, Carlton Richmond, but. Uh, Bulldogs and Melbourne. Uh, any any initial thoughts there, MG? Yeah, it was just uh, obviously we're uh, about a week out now. Obviously with the uh, well five days, sorry, with the not knowing the teams. I guess we're, they're going in pretty much uh, close to full strength. There's a few there's a few queries here and there at the moment with uh, maybe Keith coming up uh, for the Bulldogs. A bit of a query, um, and Petty's probably the uh, the main one that might miss for Melbourne. I think with I think with Petty, you've got Tomlinson coming straight back in. Uh, he looked pretty good yep. against Carlton. He was probably one of their their shining lights coming back after ten months out with that ACL. So um, I don't think you lose much there yep. for Melbourne. They looked, uh, you know, look was it seven or eight fifty meter penalties last week? I think they'll stamp those out. I think they look pretty good Melbourne yeah. again. So um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm still not sure on the Bulldogs. I, I think I said it last week. I'm still, I'm still not not convinced. Yeah, um, but yeah, they've, they've certainly got some good players in you know the Bont and Trelaw and these and McRae. Yeah, went to uh, went to watch their practice match on last Friday with uh, against Brisbane. So it was a good match to go and watch. Obviously, potentially two top four sides. Uh, live, very impressive the way they do move the ball. There, I, I think if uh, if Melbourne can control Norton, uh, which you think May and Lever combined would do the job there, and they know the focus going in. The worry for me is outside of Norton, where are the goals potentially going to come for? For the Bulldogs, yeah, absolutely. So no, couldn't agree more. Look, you've got English down there, but you know, I don't know if they're going to go with Martin or English you know, in the ruck. I'm not, uh, I'm not sold on English just yet. I think yeah. he's a ruckman, but he's probably a, a lighter size around the ground ruckman. Uh, then you, you, you sort of you crash and bash like Martin is, and then, uh, then up forward, I think he's he can be defendable. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I don't think English knows where he is with it either. Right. You know, I don't think the coach has given a clear indication. I don't think he's he's been given a. Uh, 
a clean crack at it either way as well. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure you want to be putting up his hand to go up full-time in the ruck this week against Gorn anyway. It's probably not the uh, the initiation you want to uh, stamp your mark with the coach. <laughs> no, you want to slide back in nicely. <laughs> yeah, maybe let Martin take this week and then uh, see how he goes and put your hand up for week two. But, uh, yeah, listen, if you you know, for, from a betting point of view, the market shifted a little bit, opened up uh, eight, you know, from the over – uh, the off-season, I guess, lines, they put them up pretty quickly. Uh, early indications probably since the, the games that were seen on the weekend just shifted one point to Melbourne for the nine. But I think I think the betting trend may may go Melbourne's way and uh, maybe another point or two. I can't see too much money going the Bulldogs. But if you're Bulldogs, I'd just hold off for as late as possible. I think you'll see double figures if you're keen on the plus side there. Right. And uh, interesting interesting stats head-to-head. Uh, Sorry, that's a question with an actually head. What's the what's the the record of kind of defending premiers round one? Do they do they typically come out of the blocks, or are they usually a bit flat kind of over the last kind of five ten years? Well, interesting question. Normally, they're sort of a couple of months behind preseason wise um, because they're sort of the way that the AFL structure the preseason. When you finish is when you return. Um, so they're sort of that uh, yeah a month to six weeks behind. Some of their older players might not come back till after Christmas. Whereas this year. Um, everyone's come back a little bit a little bit uh, sooner because of the um, because of COVID, um, and a lot of teams couldn't you know they, a lot of players couldn't travel uh, in the off season. So um, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Normally they are a bit slow. Um, the premiers, I think every premiership team in in sort of sporting history are a bit slow, except for the Melbourne Storm who always hit the ground running. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's it's an interesting point. But um, yeah, I think Melbourne uh, Melbourne looked pretty sharp. Yeah, I think top rope also. We haven't had the grand final replay as the round one uh, fixture. Normally the AFL hasn't done it that way, uh, so it's kind of a return to it. So I guess from that point of view, it's a bit different with the stats saying how do they uh, respond because both of these teams are, I guess, on the same timetable in terms of uh, how they've come back and what preseason they've been able to put in. And another interesting stat as well is that uh, Bulldogs have won two out of the last three uh, head-to-head at the MCG. Yeah, not their home ground. They like yep. normally people sort of say that the Bulldogs they like playing on a fast deck at, at Marvel, but uh, not the case. And they've won two of the last three against the D's as well. So. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah, traditionally also early, uh, it, it tends to it tends to favour the plus sides as well, uh, especially in round one. So. Um, you know, the, the Bulldogs will have their support. It's just where the market kind of rests. And I think at the moment it's already just come a little bit eight to nine. I, I think you'll see at least 10. Okay. So I'm just saying from a Bulldogs point of view, uh, I, I think they'll provide the value, but you, you might see 10, maybe even 11 come game time next Wednesday. Okay. And then we move on to the highly anticipated second match of, uh, of round one, uh, Carlton uh, versus Richmond. Huge test here for Carlton. If they get blown out of the... Blown out of the water, blown off the park. Heaven help us. They'll be coming from everywhere. Richmond looked sharp. Weren't up against much against Hawthorne um, down there in Tassie, which was a great uh, uh, a great concept down there um, in Davenport. Um, healing for Hillcrest down there. Um, I, I, this this game, I, I'm really looking forward to this game just to see where Carlton's at, see what Richmond bring, and I just hope, I pray, I pray that Carlton can uh, can put something together. Well, top rope probably asked the same question. This is more uh, pertinent to this this game where he says, how, how do they start the year? Because uh, I think Richmond are on maybe 13-game winning streak against Carlton here, top rope. So this is normally the first fixture of the season. I think it's been going on for quite a while now. And Richmond, just a uh, bit like your Melbourne Storm, top rope, they are uh, repeat, repeat, repeat. They are... Uh, 
pretty much four to five goal winners every week. I think the last six six times they've met, it's been either five or six goal, uh, sorry, four or five goal margin. Uh, it's been a huge swing early in this line. Um, you know, nine to, plus 19 and a half down to 14 and 15 now resting in the marketplace. So, uh, listen, we had a bit of a discussion last week. You're bullish on the Blues. Uh, you had them, I think you had them in the eight. I had them I outside the eight. Uh, and, and I'm more bullish on Richmond where I, I don't think you had. So if we were betting head-to-head, OB, it would be, this is a big swing game for us in terms of where these sides, I guess, are tracking. For Richmond, I just think it's a, it's it's it is what you know. They have a huge psychological advantage over this team. I would be really surprised if Carlton were able to knock Richmond off, just just from that factor. They just walk. They'll walk onto this ground. Just they know they own Carlton, unless Carlton are really competitive in the first quarter and show physically and mentally that they're up for Richmond. Uh, I, I just think it'll be the same old. Yeah. And I'd- Robbie Tarrant looked really good in the Richmond Colours. It's just something about his physique. He's a good player. Missed a lot of last year uh, with injury at North. It comes across, slots in seamlessly. Grimes out, I think, is going to hurt them a little bit. He can play tall and small down there. Definitely hurt him. Um, you know, the talk out of Carlton is that Sam Walsh might play. He's pushing hard. I wouldn't risk him. I, 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 I don't know the fascination with, with yes. players trying to play round one. I, I just don't get it. Just rule him out and say, no, nah, he's not back until round three. Just get it out, over and done with, out of the way. I don't know what the fascination with all these players trying to push to the line to round one yep. and then by sort of round six or seven, they need another break. Just just take your time. It's a long year. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I'd be surprised if he's playing it and I, I don't think he will. Um, and you know, maybe that's part of the reason why the market pushes, but – uh, top rope, you know, I, I just think if you're going to monitor this match, I know you're keen to have an AFL bet for round one. Uh, OB's probably not going to agree with you, but uh, or agree with me, sorry, but I, I think minus 14 and a half right now. And, you know, what we noticed about Carlton last week, we banged on uh, last year, sorry, we banged on it quite a lot, is they were favourites with AFL modelers. They were backed more often than any other team, um, and their profit on turnover was horrendous last year. They just did not come to the party at all. I'm not sure if the modelers are going to regroup this year in the off-season and maybe uh, rate them a little less. But obviously, you know, our early market, we've seen them move a good five points in the market. Uh, you know, And any less than 14, I'm just going to keep backing them. A bit like top rope last night when Penrith <laughs> drifted unbelievably and he said, just keep putting the chips in. So as, as, you, as you well know, MG, I'm, I'm, I'm not much of a, an AFL follower, but I'd you know, I do keep some stats on it, and, and Carlton uh, since 2012 have a ridiculously insane record when uh, getting a big start. Cover it like something like 70% uh, when they're in Melbourne, getting a start of three or more goals. So, yep. um, and when that goes in, when they get played in the day, that's up to about 80, 85% in uh, in covers, which is over yeah you know, over a 10 year period. So I can understand why they were popular with the modelers. And yeah. who, who said top rope doesn't like AFL? Yeah, well, you, that percentage would be a bit higher top rope when you when you take out Richmond because uh, it just does not match up with the Richmond Richmond matchup. And this will be at the MCG, and top rope this one will be at night, so you can bin the day stat there. So it's all uh, all pointing towards Richmond. Is for me at this stage. Okay, yeah. as we have a look, a quick look at the uh, Premiership market. Not much movement there. Melbourne four forty, Brisbane at seven dollars, uh, Western Bulldogs seven dollars, Port Adelaide at eleven, Geelong at, Geelong and Richmond at the twelves, Swans at thirteen, and the Giants and the Bombers sort of rounding out that top echelon. Yeah, I don't think that uh, from a bookmaker point of view, I, I don't think I've you know my past definitely didn't take too much notice of the preseason games. Uh, there's just you know only the clubs really know what's going on in between. I just think you've got to do your ratings and things. So I don't think they take too much notice. 
been very little change. I think Brisbane may have come in half a point on on their away win to Bulldogs, another top four side. Um, you know, and if you like a, a few sides, they'll do it. But I don't. I think overall, OB on the weekend's games of what happened, I think everything was pretty much you know other than maybe Carlton beat Melbourne. Um, I don't think there was too much out of order from what we saw. And uh, have you had a look at the futures markets uh, at all for the uh, for the individual awards for season twenty twenty two? Yeah, so we'll we'll start with the Brownlow OB. So, um, you know, last year as we we see the market up there with the Bont at eight fifty favourite. So it's obviously a bunch field. Pretty, I think last year might have been about six fifty seven dollars a favourite. So this is a bit more wide open. We were just discussing before we come on the show that uh, at the top twelve in the betting, there's six pass winners. Uh, so there's a lot of meat around this. You know, if you like someone, it's hard to talk you out of it. And if you went down the list, you could easily make a case for tipping anyone. Uh, unfortunately, we, we were big on the bond last year all the way through, tried not to dump off the ship. Unfortunately, found one better on the night. Uh, you know, if you'd sat me down at this, this time last year and said the bond was going to go score 40, uh, 33 votes and get beat, I'd be here now. But uh, anyway, that's the way it went. Uh, so he started at $13 last year and he's, he's going to start favourite now at $8.50. Uh, you know, the pluses for a side like, uh, sorry, a player like the Bont, he's still in his prime age group. He's obviously going to be up near the top. They'll win plenty of games. And uh, other than one or two others, they do have a deep midfield. But when the Bont plays well, he's a standout. He's a bit like uh, a few others on that list. So I'm not going to talk you out of someone like the Bont. I know you've got your opinions here, but I'm going to look down a bit further down the list and I'm going to look for uh, a just unbelievable piler uh, to games ratio is Martin from Richmond. Uh, his age is probably just against him uh, in terms of getting up there on an age. But this guy's a standout when Richmond play well uh, and obviously that Martin's a big part of it. He just piles. He's just, you know, and I don't think anything's going to change for that. And I think just with the potential of the, the forwards set up and the structure with maybe Bolter going forward for Richmond this year uh, and having Rewalt and Lynch, I think Martin will be pushed more back into the midfield. So that's what I like about it. Uh, he looks fit, looks ready to go. He had he had a lot go on last year and he just, to me, I just think from reports that I can gather for, I reckon he's ready to go. More time in the midfield. I expect Richmond to have... Uh, bounce back this year I think they'll definitely play finals so $16 for me if I was going to pick one I'm, I'm going to lay it with Martin and I think I think he has to play midfield um, I think that just with their their midfield dynamic at the moment you know Cochin he's been a fantastic player but sort of if you look at him and Selwood sort of just just getting a little bit slower aging a little bit Martin's got that point of difference you know Jack Graham sort of that 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 bull yeah. Shane Edwards is the class the touch but but Martin and, and he brings other people into the game. So the people gravitate towards him and it opens up the you know the overlap. I think Kane Lambert's going to be a big out for Richmond yes. and the way that Martin plays. They sort of wax, you know, quite well and they can sort of, you know, spit yeah. forward at Bolton times. Bolton going in. Shy Bolton. Shy Bolton. Yep, good yep. player. That's right. You know, you don't know what, what Sydney Stack's going to do. If he's going to play, you know, sort yep. of half back or or he might go through the midfield as well. But um, yeah, I, I like your bet of uh, Martin at sixteen dollars. I think Clayton Oliver, um, proven vote getter. Uh, in a good side, he's going to get great service from Gorn. Uh, I know he's got Petrarca there, but he sort of he, he outshone him last year in the Brownlow. Um, look, he, he's a terrific player. A couple I'm going to throw at you. I, I yep. like Callum Mills, uh, twenty three dollars, uh, co-captain now. He's going to play more midfield time. From all reports up there, his foot and his body are, are, are right. Um, so uh, I'm a I'm a I'm unabashed yep. uh, Callum Mills fan. Uh, so I, I like him. And the other one I'm going to throw out there. A bit of value at the two hundred and fifty to one mark, Darcy Moore. Every, you know, defenders don't win the brown low, but if okay. any time someone's going to win the brown low, 
a defender, sorry, a defender's going to win the brown light. It's a player like Darcy Moore. I just don't think, I don't know if Collingwood's going to win enough games, but he's that, he's the, um, he's the defender that you, you probably think could poll uh, some votes, but um, it's still going to be a midfielder's uh, award by the looks of things. It's a big value ticket. You must have too much money if you're, uh, you're betting uh, Backman in a poor side as well. I know what you're saying. Like he, I mean, he obviously has a lot of inset markets, but one of the golden rules in Brownlow at the moment, if you're not backing a midfielder, you're donating your cash to your favourite charity, I think. so. Uh, <laughs> and as we cross over to the Coleman medal, uh, some uh, yeah, interesting markets there as well. Uh, Harry Mackay, 3.30, oh, a little bit short for mine, uh, Harry. Uh, but then you know Hawkins and Cameron sort of 6 and 6.50, will they take goals away from each other? Lynch at $10 looks good. Franklin at 11 uh, the astronaut at 13, Ben Brown at 13, and then Josh Kennedy at the Eagles, uh, $13. I think that's a little bit short for mine. And then Maxie King at 14, you, you know, with his brother re-signing up there on the Gold Coast, you'd, like to, you'd probably like to prove some people wrong and just say, I'm, I'm the better king. So, <laughs> um, yeah, any any initial tip from you, MG? Oh, listen, we did, certainly lost our money last year. We were laying Mackay around that even money for the uh, best part of a couple of months for the Coleman last year. I just thought there was some... Uh, Big balls that might have run over him, not to be. Uh, so yeah, left the money, uh, left the money on the table in that one last year. I, again, I, I'm happy to lay Mackay off the bat. Uh, Three thirty, I, I think it's far too short in this market. Uh, I definitely wouldn't be diving into uh, Harry Mackay at the three thirty. I'm going to look down the page a bit. Look, the what the one on the on the front page, I guess for me is probably Jeremy Cameron. Um, I, I just think I still think Geelong will play finals this year. I don't think they'll fall off a cliff like some expect them to do. I just think their home ground advantage, they've just got too too much class in there. Uh, and Jeremy Cameron is classy. The, pro- the only problem is with Jeremy Cameron is whether he puts a full season on the park. I think last year he played 15 games. Um, he, he got about 40 goals. So in terms of goals per games, if he'd played the full 22, he would have been right there at the finish. So I just think at the 650, uh, Jeremy Cameron's probably a bet and the value play for me is, which might surprise OB a little, is Fritz of Melbourne. Um, if you actually look up the goals last year, I know he had finals included, but he actually finished second on 59. Uh, I think the, the uh, Harry Mackay got 62. So I know, know he had a few extra games. Uh, sorry, Hawkins won on 62, I, I take it back, didn't he? No, Mackay uh, did. Mackay, sorry. Yeah, Mackay won. Uh, I just like the way Fritz goes about it. He kicked, obviously had an unbelievable grand final, kicked six. Uh, the first practice game, he, he kicked five. I, I just think... Um, yeah, with Melbourne's forward line, they kind of spread it. But this guy just—he has a knack, and he's one of the best kicks for goal. So he doesn't need many opportunities. And I just think if you're talking about averaging three goals to be right in the hunt of the Coleman Medal, I think eighteen dollars is a pretty good bet. Well, I like one at uh, at odds myself. I, I like Joe Danaher uh, at fifteen. I just think that I uh, heard an, uh, an interview with Chris Fagan. He, he sort of wants Danaher to be a bit, bit more selfish. Yeah. Um. You know that a lot of people are sort of saying that you don't know, play that selfless type role, but I think when you looked at, you know, when Frank, Buddy Franklin was in his best form, um, you know, he'd have shots from everywhere, but it sort of it brought others into the game around him. So uh, I liked Danaher at the uh, at the $15 myself. Yeah, I was <laughs> one year too late for me. I was, uh, yeah, I was keen on him last year, OB. I, I, I thought uh, he'd, he'd nestle into that forward line last year. I was really bullish on Brisbane and, uh, you know, just uh, the, the, thing, the thing Danaher, if he's on point, is he misses far too many goals. And I just think he tries to kick the ball too hard, too far all the time. And if he just stays within, it's a bit like a golf swing. The harder you hit swing off the tee, generally the further the ball goes in the direction you don't want it to. And I just think Joe Danaher's got such a pure kick. He just needs to stay within his arc. 
and he gets so many shots on goal. So at fifteen dollars, you know, you can't talk anyone out of that either. And and top side, they're very offensive, um, and they'll kick plenty. And we'll just have a quick look at the rising star. Looks a race in two, uh, Dacos and Horn Francis. Uh, Dacos was excellent uh, on the on the weekend. Horn Francis just, you know, he just keeps on keeping on. He'll be, he'll be a really good player this year. Eagle uh, Hagen a little bit short at the nine. Finn Callahan up there at GWS at nine fifty. Campbell at ten. Josh Ward, I know that you like at eleven there, MG. And uh, yeah, the one I like is uh, Josh Rishget, uh, Rishelli, I think Rishelli, is how you yep. how you say it. Um, he's there at um, yeah, what's that on the fourth or fifth line of betting at twelve dollars. Um, and then the one that's a little bit of value um, is Josh Sin at thirty four uh, for mine. Port Adelaide left footer. He's going to play. I think um, yeah, Ken Hinckley said he is going to play. So um, yeah, there he is on the uh, on the second line of betting there. Yeah, yeah, good value pick. I like it. They, uh, I think the news just floated through yesterday or something that they signed him up after just having one game with uh, a practice game against Adelaide. Huge left foot, hasn't he? When I think you said that uh, a couple of years ago, he was an absolute top five standout and uh, had a few injuries and stuff like that. So he slipped down, but Port have uh, scouted well. And obviously what they've seen, they've signed him. I think it was a three-year deal on top of what he got. So they're not mucking around. Absolutely. Um, he's got uh, he's got uh, a bit like a Dawson kind of from uh, who left the Swans, that kind of yep. range on his left foot. Everyone loves a left footer. So That's yeah, right. they can uh, they find a spot. Import uh, tremendous value pick. Yeah, I'm just going to go with the other Josh on on that front page list. Josh Ward, uh, like what I've seen. The problem is you've got well, not the problem, but when you're looking at these uh, the guys like Dacos, Horn, Francis, and Ward, they're obviously in the bottom bottom four to six sides as well. So they get to play uh, every game. You think without they don't have that competition Absolutely. of someone like Sin for yep. Port Adelaide. He might only get uh, two, three, four chances this year to hold his spot. Whereas Dacos is probably guaranteed, other than injuries or something like that. Horn Francis is the same thing. So yeah, the top two are going to be hard to beat, and they're probably going to take a while for them to be dislodged anywhere near the favourites. I would have thought. I just like the way Josh Ward goes about it. Hawthorne, I think eleven dollars is, is is a value ticket there. Absolutely, and as you said, he's going to play. Yeah, he looked good on the weekends down in Davenport. So uh, no, definitely one to watch. Thanks, MG. Uh, punters, you can locate the AFL Stings for $22 a week in the Little Birdie.live shop for all the AFL betting action. We'll take a quick break and then back next with a little bit of Rugby League with Top Rope. Welcome back to Friday Lines brought to you by topsport.com.au. Family owned and operated for 35 years. Bet with a bookie you can trust. Bet with topsport.com.au. Time for a little bit of rugby league with Top Rope. Welcome, Top Rope. What have you got for us? Uh, yeah, just very, very excited. Uh, you know, the, the way the show's been structured, you would have thought the AFL had started last night, but uh, no, and the NRL's kicked off. And uh, after 160 odd days of misery, we're uh, back at it, complaining about the bunker and, and, and betting up a treat and watching some some cracking rugby league. So, uh, really, really good start to, to the year last night. So, Big game, a couple of top four sides against each other. Penrith hosting Manly. Manly were off the map following the Nathan Cleary withdrawal. They went from uh, four and a half point dogs to two and a half point favourites, but were never in the contest. I'm not a uh, I'm not an umpire basher, but uh, or referee uh, critic, but uh, Ashley Klein up to his old tricks. <laughs> he is absolutely one of the greatest thieves going around. He delivers the most ridiculous. Uh, Decisions like honestly, if you 
just poll Twitter every time you would to get a, a 90-10 version against some of his decisions that go uh, away, away. He, he calls the, the first one he... Penrith were, of course, disallowed to the first two tries. And that first one was fair enough. It was a reasonably obvious obstruction. But the second one uh, was ruled obstruction on Tom Trebojevic coming out at uh, Luai. So Trebojevic ran straight at Luai and Brian Toto did not uh, run behind him. So how he reached that decision is anyone's guess. Uh, all's well, it ends well, I guess, but it does not bode well for uh, uh, another year if he's uh, one in the middle or two in the uh, in the bunker and with Henry Paranara now gone, I think Ashley Klein's front and centre is the game's worst official. <laughs> and uh, I know we spoke about it last week, but uh, uh, the new rule interpretations uh, and style of play, anything that come out of last night's game? Uh, that was good. I did not say a lot of it last night. I think it's uh, it was a pretty fearsome defensive defensive match. Uh, I think there might have been one penalty from inside, uh, inside but it, it certainly didn't kind of dominate the game and, and I certainly didn't kind of see any notable style change. I think where you are probably going to notice it is when a good team plays a bad team. Uh, the good team typically would just lay all over and give it away and then be set. But uh, you'll see how that plays out this year. It might be a little bit evenier for that, but a couple of good sides didn't have a huge impact. And as you look to the uh, to the rest of uh, round one, uh, hope springs eternal for a lot of these sides. Uh, the Raiders and the Sharks, 6 p.m. GIO Stadium tonight. Uh, what's, your, uh, what's your thoughts up there, Top Rope? Yeah, absolutely love the Sharkies in this one. Uh, I was surprised these guys opened uh, underdogs, so they've been backed into slight favourites now. They'll be missing Coach Craig Fitzgibbon, who was supposed to debut tonight, but now has COVID, so uh, his debut will be pushed back a week. But, uh, uh, yeah, Sharks have a, a really good pack. They've signed a couple of Storm players, Nico Hines and Dale Finnecane. Raiders debuting two players here, Senator James Schiller, uh, halfback uh, Brad Schneider. Uh I think this Raiders side looks very, very ordinary. It looks thin across the park. Yeah, I can see the Sharks putting a number here. I'll be back in the Sharks. I'll be having a little nibble on the 13 plus here. Top rope. Can I just ask a quick question from uh, NRL novice, but I like to have a, a bet in the totals. Last night's total went uh, clearly under. I know Penrith have got an unbelievable defence. They couldn't crack it. I see the bookies have already uh, jumped on the under train with a few of these games Uh tonight's games, 44 down to 42 and also 46 and a half to 45. Do you think... Uh, the, the early betting trend or the way this, you've seen the game so far, I know we've only had one actual game. Do you think the totals of what happened last year to push them up so much might be that mid-range now where they're, they're still a little high or too early to tell? I, I would rather be betting the under than the over on most of these games. I, don't, I haven't got a, a, a strong read on it yet based on the rule interpretation. It's going to be hard to get a read on this weekend. Like yeah, Sydney and Brisbane have both been underwater for um, a good part of the last week. So... Even though it wasn't raining last night, yeah, it's all very, very wet, you know, heavy conditions. So, um, yeah, hard to tell. But these mid-40s totals, I kind of see this playing out a bit like the probably the last kind of you know, half dozen weeks played out last year. I think the line is just a little too little too high, and I'll be betting the under kind of wherever I can. And that will include in this this Sharks-Raiders game. I think that total is too high. And, and the same with the Broncos-South. South As we look ahead to the uh, Broncos versus South, a Friday 8.05 at Suncorp Stadium. Currently, uh, Brisbane 3.65 and South Sydney Rabbitohs $1.29. Uh, the line 10.5 uh, over and under of the now has been uh, brought into 45, uh, 45 points. Um, no rendiggity up there for the Broncos uh, top rope? Yeah, uh, pretty sad for those who are looking forward to this game. Uh, of course, up against his old club round one, uh, uh, COVID's, uh, COVID's nabbed him as well. 
But uh, yeah, I, look, I, I give the Broncos a, a, a puncher's chance here. I am not sure about South this year. We kind of discussed that last week, but particularly round one with no Latrell, they've got a couple of stars. They've certainly got the three or four best players on the field. Uh, South, but whether they should be double-digit road favourites, not one hundred percent sure about that. I think the, the the line here is to be early season home underdog, just to be absolute cash money. Probably drifted off a bit the last few years, but still uh, a positive record. So uh, I'll be taking the plus here. Broncos have also been underrated at, at home from at least the betting point of view as well. They've covered, uh, I think it was uh, where are we? Nine of their last twelve getting more than a converted try at Suncorp. So. Uh, seven of the last time getting double digits. So, look, I expect South to win. I expect South to walk by the two points, but the bet here is the plus 10.5. Yeah, I thought uh, South at a dollar twenty nine did look a little bit short uh, for mine, especially up there at Suncorp, round one. Uh, you know, new coach and Jason Demetrio um, up against the uh, the season campaigner in Kevy Walters. Um, yeah, you just don't know what to what to expect. That's probably why the Broncos are at three sixty five. But yeah, I did think South were a little bit short at the dollar twenty nine. Yeah, just a, a, they're pretty hard to take at that price. And you know, if you're on the if you're on the feed, yeah, yeah, probably probably one of the lays of the week. You know, like Kevin Walters is no genius, but expectations are reasonably high out of the Broncos this year. That like they're expecting to play final football. I, I think that myself, I think that's absolutely delusional. But uh, um, you know, they're they're, they're they're certainly expecting it. So. Uh, and the thing with Kev is that he's not Anthony Seabold, so he's no genius. Of course, um, we might have been lucky MG to get away with, with Anthony Seabold, the former Broncos coach. He testified in front of the parliamentary committee about online trolling uh, and and how uh, how it upset him. Hopefully, he didn't listen to the little birdie podcast. I didn't see any mention in the transcripts, but uh, uh, we might have got away with one there. But uh, the thing with Walters is at least he is kind of reasonably liked and, and if the side's ready to go, yeah, I will play for him. As we look ahead to our third match uh, of the weekend, the New Zealand Warriors up against the Georgia Lawara Dragons, uh, Saturday 5.30 at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Obviously, uh, New Zealand Warriors uh, can't play across uh, across the ditch at the moment. Uh, $1.97, the Warriors. Uh, Dragons, $1.84, uh, the over and under. I think that's been uh, kept pretty steady at 45 and a half. Um, look, I, I, I don't mind the Warriors. Uh, you know, I, I know that uh, the coach has made some interesting uh, selections, interesting signings over the off season, and and also for twenty twenty three. But uh, yeah, you uh, we discussed it last week, top rope that St George Illawarra uh, seven and a half uh, plus wins is a is a is a good uh, sort of multi bet for the season. Yeah, it is, and they'll be uh, one win after this week as well. Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely off the map here, the Dragons. They were uh, four-and-a-half-point dogs I mean, eight days ago. They're uh, now favourites, so I expect them to start in the vicinity of, of $1.70. Uh, you mentioned the interesting signings of the Warriors uh, OB. The most interesting signing was whoever gave Nathan Brown a check to coach the side. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And um, uh, and this side is fairly reflective of, of where his coaching ability is at. So um, I will say this. The one skill I wish I had was my ability to talk my way into a job like Nathan Brown because... Uh, he's done very, very well. Uh, I think the Dragons have a really nice-looking side, particularly in the season. Got a couple of really promising young players, Tyrrell Sloan uh, and Tala Talamone, uh, playing a couple of key positions. I just like how it's balanced up. They've got Ben Hunt, the other half. I think he will complement uh, Amoni well, do a bit of organising there. McCulloch, the veteran, and Hooker as well. And, and this side, you know, they haven't recruited to win a premiership. But they've recruited a lot of hardheads, a lot of big bodies out there to protect some of these young kids. And I know it was only a trial. They were very impressive in the charity shield. And I expect they'll kind of come out firing. 
that look, the, the the dragons were on the fringe of the eight last year, in and out of the edge of the eight until till the infamous barbecue gate uh, all hits. So um, I'm sure it's as bad as everyone's kind of making it. There kind of has been a bit of buzz around in the last week or two, anyway. But uh, you know, I think the Saints, uh, are, even at the dollar eighty four, are still significant overs. I've got them rated significantly shorter than that. I haven't seen the uh, the final sides for the Dragons, but uh, Tarek Sims and uh, Burgess being left out. Yeah, a, I think that's fairly reflective of, of of the strength of the side that they've got. Like, so the, I don't think there's yeah, there's not too many A graders in the side, but there aren't too many C graders either. There's got a lot of uh, a lot of good solid players, and you know, playing Jack Bird in the back row, and, and on the other side is is, is Jaden Sewer. So, um, yeah, he played Origin last year. Yeah, no room for Tarek Sims. I think they've got a lot of big bodies on the bench. George Burgess couldn't get a run. So, uh, yeah, this is a I, I, I couldn't argue with either of those decisions. To be honest, whenever whenever a Sims gets dropped to reserve grade, I always think it's a positive sign. So, uh, I think this is a, a real lift for the uh, for the Dragons. I think they are going to be very very hard to beat. And anything else you're looking forward to in uh, in round one there, top rope? Uh, looking forward to seeing uh, the Roosters. Uh, absolutely thump the Knights. I think uh, they've got a history of thumping the Knights. I think the Knights are a very fraudulent side. Uh, I think, you know, if the weather's good, SCG, you know, seeing James Tedesco back with Luke Keary, I'm going to see some really, really good football there. Uh, interesting to see what side the storm rolls out. They've just lost an all with Jesse Bromwich out with uh, COVID. Uh, Pappenhausen hopefully gets the all clear to play. As I know, he's MG, one of MG's favourite players other than, uh, than Cam Munster. But uh, hopefully we'd see him. And, and, and any time we get to see Brandon Smith and the cheese in action, that's always always entertaining. Uh, probably not looking forward to the final game of the week, the Cowboys and the Bulldogs. It is going to be a hellish week for whoever loses that game. Uh, and as someone who wants to see Trent Barrett fired, I'm not sure whether I'm cheering the Bulldogs on or not. Oh, we've got to, we've got to back, back Gus Gould's Bulldogs. Um, yeah, I think we've... I think we've multied up the uh, the Cowboys uh, for the spoon there, so I think that was a, a little tip from Top Rope last week that we've uh, put into a nice little multi to to get the season off to a off to a good start. Uh, Top Rope, thank you very much. It's uh, great to have you uh, with us again, uh, punters. You can locate uh, the greatest game of all for twenty two dollars a week in the Little Birdie Live Shop for all your NRL betting action. Uh, but yeah, Top Rope, thank you. Uh, we'll uh, get you back on the line next week. They say Andrew Johns had one of the great debuts, but uh, tough to beat OB's debut in the chair at, uh, uh, on the Friday Lines podcast. Well done, champ. I thank, thank God I've had some water here. I mean, the mouth's getting a little bit dry. But uh, anyway, we've got through it. Uh, and that's a wrap for this week's Friday Lines. Thanks, MG. Thanks, Top Rope. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube. Find us in the Apple Store, on Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow uh, at Little Birdie TV on Twitter or Insta. Uh, and remember, for all your football, uh, footy betting action can be found at topsport.com.au. Uh, we'll, I'll be back next Friday. Don't forget to join Nikki on Monday for First Look with all the weekend's action review. MG, great to have you with us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, OB. Enjoy your weekend. Listener.